the plan is to go back and try and infiltrate the fish as ship. Wait, the ship is fit. Wow, that was something, wasn't it? That sure was something. Hey, so just to level with you, this is a comedy podcast, but... In case all the swears and less than healthy coping mechanisms aren't clear enough, this show isn't for kids. Listener discretion is advised. And regarding the books, while Animorphs is nominally for children, there is some extremely dark and textbook-triggering content involved. Body horror and animal harm are pretty standard, but every book is different. So for specific content warnings, check the notes of this episode. And you know what? If you have to bow out because of any of this, we understand and we support you. All right. That all said, on with the show. Hi, welcome to Lit Kid Lit, where we realize that birds are better than people and we're drinking to numb the pain. Uh, (laughs) I am our resident Animorph historian, Kara, and this is our first time morpher and extremely judgmental's, uh, how would you phrase it, a zoological enthusiast? Zoology enthusiast? For this particular episode, I'm definitely bird enthusiast extraordinaire. That's for sure. You're always a bird enthusiast extraordinaire, (laughs) but (laughs) that is your title as well. That is... (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be wild. Uh, Yeah. So... Uh, the world is kind of crazy right now. It's It's been a wild few weeks, and, you know, we're coping with it in the best way that we can, which is reading books about child soldiers, apparently, uh, because <laughs> nothing nothing really, like, gets that escapism going than being like, at least I'm not, you know, fighting aliens. <laughs> yes, um, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh... We did start a bit, we've been planning and talking about this for a while, and we did start uh, earlier, was it earlier this month, or earlier? A little bit earlier this month, yeah. Much earlier this month, before things really have gone off the rails. So, it's a very unique mindset to be in, or frame to have, uh, to read these books in. I guess to read any books in, but, you know. We're doing our best, we hope you are too. And uh, stay strong, right? Yeah. Like we got, we got this. We'll get through it. You know, the kids, yeah. the animorphs can do it. So can we? Yes. Uh, Draw on the strength said, of these fourteen-year-old general... guerrilla soldiers. Yeah, let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that that aside, let's let's uh, let's jump into book three. Book. This three. was my favorite one. Yes. <laughs> so far. The Encounter. It is our our baby, our sweet bird boy Tobias's first book. <laughs> and our sweet bird boy Tobias. I am a bird now, and this is fine. Last name. Yeah, Tobias. Last name. Gosh, he's going through puberty. Has been rough, and now he's a bird. <laughs> so. <laughs> The book starts, and he is just, he, he explains, you know, the setup, the the six kids, or five kids who are trying to save the world, uh, doing painful guerrilla warfare. But also, he and Rachel have desi- decided to do something, just, you know, a fun after-school activity. 
They are going yeah. to bust a hawk out of a cage. Price cut, Polly. Toby has really leaned super into the guerrilla warfare already. He's like, what else oh, can yeah. I, like, what else can he do to occupy his time as a child not going to school? Is just imagine ways that he can make the world a better place, but also follow his bird-like instincts to free the free birds that, you know, free world. So... But- Oh, birds don't they, belong in cages. Toby, yeah, birds, don't, birds belong don't belong in cages, in cages. last name. <laughs> yeah. So he, he he gets Rachel in on this because Rachel doesn't know how to say no to a situation that she can kick some ass in. Yes. Like, I love that about her. I love that. She just immediately... Rachel's the kind of person that reminds me of me where... I'll say that thing of like, bet you, bet you won't, uh, bet you don't believe I can eat like all these ants off this log. And everyone's like, nobody dared that to do. No one dared <laughs> you to do that, Nika. You're fine. You're fine. You don't have to. And I was like, oh, that's it. I'm doing it too late. But I can't believe you did this wow, to me. You're really pulling my, <laughs> you're forcing my oh, hand here. You're really forcing my hand here. And it's just like that, Rachel, no one, you're fine. You don't gotta go break birds out of bird jail. And she's like, but too late. You told me I couldn't. And it's like, no, I didn't. I just said that maybe, oh, but she's gone. All right. Okay. Yeah. There goes Rachel. All right. The thing is too, the thing is about this bird, about this rescue of Price Cut Polly, A, it's during a live commercial, which the only like reference that I have for that is someone who's uh, slightly older than Nika and like remembers the nineties vaguely or well, the early nineties vaguely. Um, mm. They used like local news used to do like live spots for random businesses for like no fucking reason at all. They're just trying to fill up time. Yeah. I genuinely do not remember a time uh, where I've ever seen a live broadcast commercial. Like, yeah. My, I've never seen a live broadcast commercial and they, the best part about this gorilla mission is that, uh, Rachel turns into a goddamn elephant. Yeah. And that's a choice. That's a choice, isn't it, Rachel? <laughs> she didn't have to, but on no. the local news or whatever, she turns into an elephant to free a bird. And Tobias knows how to unlock bird cages because he's got a fucking human brain going on up there. And so he opens a cage and the the red-tailed hawk leaves and she's a female and she's just like, hey boy, come with me. And he's like, oh shit, I just might. And then he doesn't stop thinking about her for the entire book. Just the concept of freedom and of actually fully falling into this bird role. He's like, "Ah, a complete and utter disattachment from reality. That looks tasty to me. (laughs) And like... I understand. (laughs) I've never empathized with a character more of like, you mean drop all of my human attachments and become, yeah, 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 I'll do, I'll do that right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we were talking about earlier about fictional men, right? The attraction of fictional men. It's genuinely, yeah. Like, here's the deal. An orc, a, a handsome, good orc boy wearing a cowboy hat. Like, yeah, I'll jump into that motherfucker's arms and he can take me anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> forget all of the attachments i have in this human life my job that i don't have anymore it's forget it we all want to be tom hanks and splash that's the fucking truth of it admit it i've never seen tom hanks and splash i've never seen that movie i don't know media Carrie. honestly you know, you're probably I don't not missing much but you want to know my defining to no one's surprise <laughs> my defining tom hanks movie 
is the castaway. Real, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Does that doesn't that make complete <laughs> sense? That makes a lot of sense in in many ways. I it's- watched that movie so many times as a child, and like my thing, look. I pretended to be a castaway person, and instead of a volleyball, I named a stick. <laughs> I had a pet. I had a pet stick that I played with outside because I was busy being Tom Hanks and castaway. <laughs> I I did similar, but mine was I was playing Island of the Blue Dolphins, which is also similarly <laughs> like, oof, that's that's a dark pull for a fucking eight year old. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Island of the Blue Dolphins, Julie of the Wolves, and My Side of the Mountain were the defining books mm. of my childhood that just made me want to fucking drop all the trappings of human life and just be, like go out to the go out hey, to the woods and just are be all one. Of those three on our one-off lists because they should be they sure are so yes (laughs) uh after after this whole thing everybody's like hey toby maybe don't endanger the whole animorphs mission by turning into an uh uh, or having rachel turn into an elephant on live tv yeah Hey, you know, you know how bad that would have been? What if the owner of that that fucking used car lot was a controller? Mm-hmm. And he would know that price cut Polly wasn't anything special beforehand because he's kept her in a cage for who knows how fucking long. Mm-hmm. Which fucking don't hey, PSA. Boobity boop boop PSA. Don't own exotic pets. That's the end of the PSA. Boobity boop boop, it's over. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's better <laughs> okay. for everyone. <laughs> nobody needs nobody needs a serval or a tiger or a goddamn oh God. like, just oh. don't just stop just stop stop i gotta watch that documentary <laughs> the oh, new Netflix oh thing. man yeah 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 the tiger guy yeah so okay. on top of that toby feels bad right he goes home and his home is jake's attic and like so he can't go home because mm-hmm. he's his aunt and uncle don't care about him. He lives in Jake's attic in a pulled open like chest of drawers drawer. Like yeah, a wardrobe that Jake, drawer. He, yeah, he, he he sticks him in a drawer like a fucking like an orphan in Peter Pan. You know, like God. they just cover it in pillows and blankets. And he's like, "Here you go, good. This is what hawks like, right?" And Tobias's brain is like, "This is not what hawks like." But I feel yeah, like extremely what's a hawk gonna do? Sleep on its that. back. Right. So Ugh. they also bring him leftovers for dinner. And Jake <sighs> makes a point to always bring up, like, the peas and the mashed potatoes. And oh. Tobias is just like, I can only eat meat, my dude. I don't know how I can say this any clearer. But this entire time, by the way, this whole time, from the start of when this happened to Toby to now his perspective and then the book after, he his main coping mechanism is joking about the fact that he just wants to hunt some shit. Yep. Toby, at any given moment, is joking about, like, <laughs> could have killed a squirrel to eat it. <laughs> what about killing that mess, though? Love thinking about He's ripping like, things tasty. apart. Am I right, guys? <laughs> right? Like, what He's the like, they're so, they're so chittery and small and tasty. And I'm like, all right, Toby, you do you. Yeah, Toby's just like, hmm, what, what would it be like to just rip, rip it open? And I'm like, oh, God, are you... That, it's so, that- it's... I love I love that they do that though because it's so genuine. Of course that is like you're you're an obligate carnivore whose entire being is geared towards hunting because that's what survival is like mm-hmm. and you choose not to do that to try and ascend to some higher plane but it's all your body wants. Like that's Can't such an intense that this 90s children <laughs> book series is exploring what it means to be a human consciousness. What the fuck? 
There's guerrilla warfare, your child soldiers, and on top of that, it's what it means to be a human. What does it mean to retain your humanity when you have lost every aspect of it? Shit, the fuck? This is an 80 page, this is an 80 page book! How do you do that? Yeah. Applegate? Tell me, Kay, Applegate, how did you- Excuse me, Madam Applegate? Madam Applegate, the fuck? God. So it basically turns into a sort of internal battle of Toby empathizing with female Hawk versus empathizing with Rachel. Yeah. It's like his two love interests, but he's scared by both, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Also, the exploration of, like, a female Hawk that wants to mate in a children's novel. Wild, everybody. Uh, Didn't think that we'd be crossing the bridge of Toby wants to fall in bird love, but we did that. (laughs) And it's over now, and it's fine, and it was handled very well, but it's just like, it really is him being like, do I want to give in to what my hawk self is or do I want to give into what my human self is? Which one of these emotional relationships more fulfills me? And, and it's, we'll get into it's that. It's holding on to his human side desperately too because oh, every, he's trying you know, so hard. Uh, okay, but yeah, so they, they have a discussion about that and and what sucks is that the only thing that he has to tie him to his humanity are his friends. They're the only ones he can talk to and the only ones he can really interact with and he knows that they care about him in some sense, but they feel so fucking guilty all the time and like he... don't know how to handle him either because they're all 14. Yeah, honestly, I feel like part of why he's losing his shit is because every time he deals with his friends, mm-hmm. he's dealing with an onset of pity. Yeah. Because the self-guilt that they all harbor, understandable, by the way, like sucks. Yeah. yeah. But they address him and treat him with pity mm-hmm. and not respect. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't respect him, but fundamentally the primary emotional they, they, drive yeah. for the way that they choose their words, the way that they choose to interact with him is driven by pity. And mm-hmm. he can tell that that's happening and he fucking hates it. He is losing yeah. his mind. Because they don't know, they don't know, the way they experience being in an animal body is now fundamentally different from what he experiences in one, mm-hmm. right? And they, they are like, no, you're human. You're one of us. Of course you're one of us. Nothing's changed. And it's like, no, everything has changed for me, actually. Can we can we acknowledge that? Right. So real quick, uh, this little beer opening break, because we're about to get into some heavier shit. Yeah. Perfect. So on top, between all of this, between all of these uh, Hawk emotional life repercussions, they they find out that there's this ripple, like Toby yeah, is flying Tobias around and is seen a couple of times. The the way it, they describe the the geese, a the, when they when Toby describes the geese, he's like, geese always look like they have purpose. They're like, hey, get out of our way, we're geese. And I thought that was really <laughs> fucking cute. Yeah, that was adorable. <laughs> it was very precious of like those geese, and it's true. Like it's a thought that I don't think I've ever personally had, but now that I think about it, I'm like. Like, you see a V of geese, they're going somewhere. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going the a place. The migratory purpose is real. And they're, they're they very, they're they're very solid. They're like airliners, you know? They're just... Yeah, yeah. They keep a pace. Uh, oh, honey, you want to talk about a goose being solid? I had to fucking... <laughs> I, I'm basically Cassie in this instance, right? In the books. I, I volunteer at a wildlife center. And there is no more terrifying thing. I have held owls. I have held eagles i have held hawks the ter- most terrifying moment of my life was trying to hold wrangle a goose they're so big right they're, they're so beefy. huge that one of my 
like volunteers got hit in the head with one of the flapping wings and got oh, a yeah. concussion. Oh my god. Like that is how beefy geese are, yeah. right? So, yeah, Toby's right. They got purpose, they got like a place to be and they will fuck anything and, that gets in their way. And they just get like, fucking wrecked by this ship. And <laughs> yeah. the description of the goose rolling and sliding on the top of this fucking mile long, you know, 16 wheeler Yurk Tobias watches Goose Manslaughter in complete detail. Yeah. As this entire bunch of geese just like <laughs> against the side of an invisible ship. <laughs> and just roll over that, the top. Just fucking. Just, that's it. They're fucked. Completely beefed. Mm hmm. Yeah. So he knows that there's something horrible happening. And uh, he tells them. The kids turn into wolves to go investigate the situation, which leads oh into another fantastic segue of Nika doesn't like Marco. Here hey, we go. in case y'all didn't know everybody, I don't like Marco. I'm uh, four <laughs> books in, right? At the three at this point. Still don't like Marco. The exact quote, right? Right? Mm -hmm. Get the fucking, fucking get this, okay? <laughs> Toby risked his ass to save a hawk he don't know because animals shouldn't be kept in cages for the sake of capitalism. Thank you, Tobias. Marco, quote, says, Look, these aren't people we know. They're not my friends or my family. We did everything we could for Tom, so why should I get killed for strangers? Can't stay lucky forever. Don't you understand that? We might slip up, and I don't want to be standing around here crying because one of you is dead. And Rachel's just like, well, I don't know how to tell you you should care about people. Yep. I don't know how to tell you you should just care about people. That not only, like, she's like, we're the only ones who have the ability. We either, we're the only ones who are in any position to, to commit action, you know? Mm -hmm. No one else is capable of doing these things. It's us or fucking nothing. And the fact that Marco consistently chooses nothing out of a sense of self-preservation is like, it is deeply frustrated it's under it's understandable and the more yeah. you like see marco's life and the fact that he's he explains like you know i'm really the only one of us who has dealt with any kind of real grief and real upheaval of of the family so i understand that i feel like he well he he and toby both are very very messed up familial situations so i'm eager to see how that relationship is explored because honestly their quote-unquote friendship isn't necessarily a thing because from book one oh, he was yeah. like yeah that's the weird kid who wants to be your friend so there's not really a connection between the two of them but yeah. tobias even says he's like i don't me and marco don't really get along or we don't like jake yeah. is really their only connection yeah and they are jake such and fundamentally are like different their only yeah but in book four and i'll touch on this in the next episode but what's really what's really fun about how much I don't like Marco is how much of a fucking raging hypocrite he is because then he has the audacity to like have a high horse that he gets up on later because like remember this remember this bit where he's like I'm gonna choose to do nothing because that's my choice and that is what I that's not a choice I'm just choosing that to get killed and then we'll we'll get back to that soon later but in the meantime what has to happen is that they all have to turn into a wolf pack and you can tell it's the 90s because people still believe that there's a whole alpha thing going on yeah so jake's the guy jake's the male wolf not true this isn't true and everybody else has to turn into female wolves because they're subservient not true not how wolf pack very dynamics much not work. true not even a little bit but the, let's pretend for a second that Israel, the goddamn implications of these children 
changing physical sex whenever they morph into another animal, they're already going through puberty. It's already the worst <laughs> life can possibly be. Can you imagine morphing into the DNA of something with a completely different level of estrogen or testosterone and being like, this is fine! I'm fine! That is, that's super interesting. But I also wonder, like, how, there's also this sense of it being alien, and I think that is how they handle it, by saying that there's this brain and then their brain, and their brain is separate somehow, even though, is it really when you've changed form so completely? Yeah. Right? That, they explore that, again, more in the next book, they just they they do a really K Applegate does a great job of introducing that concept mm-hmm. and then being like we'll get back to that keep that in your mind and then you're you're reading the next book and you're like oh there's that concept again of like the separation between consciousness or the mm-hmm. separation between your mind and what it's trying to do as a person versus what the animal mind is trying to do or what the yurks do when they take over bodies themselves and and what how different is that necessarily right like yeah what does it mean to morph what is that what is happening to morph yeah, versus to control Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they turn into wolves, and there's real big f- bad fake alpha stuff, which has been thoroughly disproven and isn't mm. the way wolves work at all. But uh, I love that Tobias is just kind of jealous for a minute because they're figuring it out and having fun being wolves and smelling and howling, and Tobias just has to fucking babysit, Why? bird babysit them, mm-hmm. um, which general, is his job Tobias... that he does very well. <laughs> Yeah, Tobias is kind of given the responsibility over them because, and I think that this is kind of unintentionally cruel of them Mm. to say, hey, you're the one who knows how important that time limit is. Mind keeping track of that for the rest of us? Yeah. That's a goddamn kick in the face. And it happens even more than that. He gets a watch. They give him a watch. They're like, here's something you can do, Tobias. And it's so fucking infantilizing. (laughs) It is absolutely wildly infantilizing. And And the thing is, it's important and it's good that he does it, but oh my god, poor Tobias. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of course he's miserable, you know? Yeah. And then he runs and he he fucking lands next to a pack of wolves like, hey guys, there are these crazy... Uh, these clearly not forest rangers because they're acting like SWAT units clearing everyone out of the forest. So you better, like, figure it out or we need to cheese it. And it's just real wolves because he miscounted how many there were. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My favorite, so my favorite part is when they're dealing with looking at the people. And there's this quote that I really like. I really, there's some really choice 90s writing or rather, I should say, the internet didn't exist writing that blows my mind. And the particular quote is, not rifles or even pistols. I could see them clearly. They were carrying automatic weapons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Toby. You know those non-auto rifles? Those fucking old-ass hunting rifles? Like, I, I know that they exist. But the idea of Toby being like, that's not a bolt action. That's a, a fucking AK-47 is wild to me. Because, like, the they constantly stress how good the hawk vision is. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but just the, the the need to discern that these are automatic weapons, but not rifles. <laughs> you know that there are automatic rifles, right, Kay? You know that there's automatic pistols, right, K.A.? Uh, like, guns exist. <sighs> when did, this is a totally, I don't know, I'm not a gun person. I would say the same thing, to be honest, because I feel more familiar with fucking, I, it seems more 
it seems more homey and like human and casual to have an old ass rifle than it is to have a fucking AK, you know? It it should be, first of all. Yes, you're right. It should be. No one should have an FAL in their house. I, I think mean, Americans I think, won't I think have that's an FAL actually house, been but... a thing that's changed too in the last 20 years, 25 years. Hmm. It feels like sure. there's there's been more like of course people just own these giant fucking massive war guns. Right, because back in the day, can you imagine being like, yeah, what gun do you have in your house to protect you? A Tommy gun. The fuck are you and the mob? Like Tommy. (laughs) Nobody, nobody needs to shoot that many bullets. I have my wheels of ammunition next to my bed. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's where I keep them. Uh, So, so like the wolf pack and the gun weirdness and everything. I was just, I was losing my mind because I'm like, yeah, it's it's so it's dated. It's cute. Dated. Yes, absolutely. But then, so after they do their, their scouting, my favorite, and by favorite, I mean, welcome to the Marco Hate Corner. Uh, I'm your host, Nika. Um, Marco says, here's an idea, everybody. And then everyone goes, wow, Marco, that's a great idea. And then he goes, yeah, well, fuck you. It's a stupid idea and I hate you and I didn't mean it. Like, he, he gives he gives ideas and he constantly is just being an asshole. Um, he, Wait, like, was they're this- waiting on... Toby, and then he's like, "We've been waiting for an hour," and Tobias is oh, like, yeah. "It's been two minutes." Like, yeah, I... Marco's giving him shit, but Marco just constantly gives Toby shit. I yeah, Marco gives everyone shit, and everyone calls Marco out exponentially as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He's so after they do the wolf thing, what happens is they run away from the controllers. They see the ship for once. They have a little wolf fight, which is great because it's extremely dumb just back down guys just run away like they have a kill there then they probably won't run after you if you disengage but that's not Mm -hmm. you know whatever and then tobias sees a clock and goes oh shit you guys gotta morph back now you have two minutes they don't have two minutes they have negative five minutes and it is a terrifying nightmare painful thing they're all fucking like having panic attacks on the ground and slowly grinding and it's the first You're time that morphing feels transform. painful right like mm-hmm. this is a different kind of pain they're like mm-hmm. loki isn't aren't isn't marco like screaming in, in yeah, his mind yeah. uh, marco's screeching in the thought speak and, and everyone he stares. is just like wow we shouldn't get that close again and tobias is just like <laughs> Marco yeah. fucking stares at Tobias with like hate and fear to focus to get himself back to his human body. Oh. Like you don't want to be this, and Tobias knows it. But he's like, if it gets him out of that, I'm just do it. Hate me, that's fine. And that's so much. Holy shit, Tobias! You know, Tobias Jesus, my boy. Deserve any of this? Uh, he's Oof. good and he's pure. But, but when like- they're he understands. Yeah. And they're they're celebrating that they're human again, right? And Tobias oh, just God. fucking he can't handle it. He cannot handle it and he leaves. Yeah. And Tobias does something that I, me, Nika understand very much in that uh when I get very very overwhelmed, I basically just do retreat to the woods and just be like I'm going to subsistence live and narrow down my hierarchy of needs to just don't die. Mm-hmm. Um, so he 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 just disappears, right? He 
Well, goes first, in the woods and he kind of just does his th- shit. Yeah, he he kind of yeah. he tries to cool down for a minute in the woods and just hangs out and thinks about stuff mm-hmm. as you do. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of like absent-mindedly just swoops down, picks up a fucking mouse and chom- and, and goes to it. town, chomps down. It's and just when he- he's hungry, he's letting his hawk brain take over. He's like, "Oh shit, a mouse. Yeah, I can eat those." Dives down, eats the mouse. Immediate oh, fuck. freak the fuck out because he's loving it. His body is thrilled. He's so happy. He's and been it feels eating good. like meatloaf and trying to swallow potatoes and shit. And he's like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. Like, this feels right. It clicks in him. Mm-hmm. And in our beautiful 90s children's series, Animorphs by K.A. Applegate, we then have to grasp with the concept of a child who is stuck in a hawk body goes to try to kill himself. Yep, he he loses his mind and he thinks I need to see Rachel because Rachel's the only Rachel who Rachel is strong like she's strong where Tobias is very sensitive, right? Like mm-hmm. Rachel has her feelings but she's also she wants to be there for other people more than anything else. So yeah. she's the one who understands his humanity most. He feels so he just is thinking Rachel Rachel and Rachel. she's in her she's at her gymna- yeah, yeah, her gymnastics like, thing competition in the mall and he is in like cool glass let's just fucking get inside I guess let's dive bomb the glass door and someone opens the door. So he doesn't... It doesn't... It's not just opens the door. Marco picks up, like, a baseball. He just has, like, a baseball. And he smashes the glass right before Tobias can fly through it. Because Tobias is already going through it. And Tobias knew what he was doing. He, yeah. he was like, I'm gonna hit the glass. Later, Rachel tries to talk to him and say, what would you do? What would you have done if Marco didn't break the glass? And Tobias is just like, ha yeah, weird, right? No, it's... <laughs> What? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Who knows? He just he just lets it go. I don't think even Rachel gets the implication that he was absolutely and totally willing and ready to die in that moment. I I think she doesn't want to acknowledge the implication. She can't. Yeah. Handle that. So after that mental, well, yeah, he the dis- start yeah. of his mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, it's it. <laughs> he his attempted suicide. Complete mental breakdown and like shame. He disappears into mm-hmm. the woods for a fucking week. And while he's on this week-long thing, he reconnects with this female hawk. Yes. Polly. And they kind of fall into a really synchronous, like, relationship of just, like, flying on the thermals and living in the woods. And he lets his human mind take a back seat. He really just wants it to. And he does. Mm-hmm. And he succumbs to just being a hawk. And it's really nice for him and then he's stuck in this moment where he's just watching the way the woods are going because that's what hawks do and he sees someone being chased and he's like that's a prey Mm -hmm. and that's a predator chasing it wait i recognize that predator oh shit the predator is a hork bajir oh fuck i'm a human being with a responsibility to the world oh god and in that one fell swoop it's just like every bit of his responsibility comes rushing back to him this poor he remembers a dying man dying and alive, yeah. and that responsibility and that power and like god i can't i can't imagine being 14 and being just saddled with this much responsibility for literally the entire planet of earth yeah yeah and these overwhelming odds just knowing that and and being like but also tobias like he didn't feel like he had a purpose for living anyway this is always oh god 
This has been right. his great purpose. I mean, he hasn't had a family. No one really cared about him at school. He didn't have any, like, passions or, or, or talents that people saw in him. He was just bullied and quiet and sensitive. Mm-hmm. He was just the weird kid with no dad or mom. And it was just the weird kid with just his aunt and uncle. And, like, does he even go to school here? Sometimes he goes to I bet. I bet he weird. fucking got, like... I bet he got, like, lunch assistance and stuff like that, too. Oh, like, he yeah, got you know fucking, it. he got poor kid, poor kid drama. And because this is the 90s, you bet your ass he was a latchkey kid. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. His his aunt or uncle or whoever happens to live in that place did not ever come at the end of school to pick him up. He could not take the bus home. They were, they were more roommates than anything. Like, yeah. you, you know Tobias fed himself all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that existential crisis sucked, uh, and he comes back and he tells, after saving, he helps just, like, a, swoops down and attacks that work pajir and saves the human and remembers his responsibility. Yeah, and then so, he, he comes back to his friends. Mm-hmm. And his friends, uh, to kind of, like, summarize, they're like, well, there's an invisible ship, and it looks like it's drinking the lake because they need water to supplement these yerk pools that they yeah they're they're getting supplies for the mothership which is in orbit presumably uh and hidden from people but they can't they they need these resources to survive so they can't they don't have the ability to to self-sustain in space which is an interesting point that they bring up and i'm like damn that is actually good world building nice nice intel work because i feel like a lot of places might say they they, they'll they'll forget about the implications of them needing to collect supplies they'll just be like they need supplies and not how well if you take that away how much does that hurt them if you take uh, you know like like a lot of things are just taken as a standard in sci-fi worlds when that's not necessarily the standard. Mm. You get what I mean? Kind of? Yeah, yeah. Sort of? Yeah, I'm getting it. Yeah. Okay. And I, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the trolley. And like, yeah, I think that it's, it's a really fantastic bit of world building. And I, I, for lack of a better term, it humanizes the Yerks. Mm-hmm. It reminds us that they are beings with uh respond like physical they're not, necessities. Yeah, they're 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 living creatures with minds and needs. Like they are also soldiers in a war. And I love that mm-hmm. they they always come back to that in very little ways. Uh okay. So the the plan they make up a plan which they kind of had before, but Tobias hadn't really, you know, he was off in breakdown land. Yeah. So they're gonna <laughs> infiltrate the ship. As fish going up the straw, like that wonderful meme that happened with the like fucking salmon tube that brings yep. the salmon up river to breed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's what's gonna happen. You know, God, we God yeah. bless that we're doing this in 2020 and we have that meme as reference. <laughs> right, because in genu- like genuinely, it is the wildest image to just be like the ship puts a straw into the lake and then it slurps up the lake. And he goes in the boat. And mm-hmm. so they're like, well, we'll just have to be in the straw. Yeah. And Marco, this is when Marco comes up with it. And then he's like, this is the worst idea, actually. Yeah. I hate that I said it. And you know I what? I hate he that I said some, it out loud. 
he has some good points because it is like, what kind of filtration system do they have? You don't know. They could just have a fucking blender, a uh, garbage disposal right at the right at the tip, and they could have been fucking canned tuna by the end of it. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, he has a point. I just hate that he's a bitch with absolutely no. Spot. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's absolutely. <laughs> 100% out and proud spineless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, out and proud spineless. I fuck it. God. Ugh. Ugh. Marco. Oh, but, Marco. Yeah, oh, Marco. So he offers up the suggestion, and nobody discusses what to do when they are fish on the ship. They yeah, just they're just like, we'll like, figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll get on the take ship over and we'll it. figure it out. Yeah. And a very fun thing that we find out later, by the way, is that Marco can't swim. Yeah. So they really didn't think this through. But yeah. they, they... They want to do so something. Tobias is the lookout. So they, they do something. Yeah, Tobias gets to be the lookout and do nothing because he is a bird. A bird. And he's not even, like, a waterfowl bird. He can't, like, mm-hmm. float on the lake. He, he, mm-hmm. doesn't, he doesn't do well over a lake. And there's a lot of little close calls of, like, what's that bird? It's a red-tailed hawk. It's local to the area. Okay, whatever. And, like, the the humans and the controllers keep going. Yeah, because the controllers are really, they're going, they're, they're doing the same SWAT team check. They're trying to make sure there's no possible way anyone could figure yeah. them out. And they, they're waiting for Andalites and Morph. But, you know, they make it through. They hide in a cave. They catch, fucking, they catch a trout. Cassie catches a trout. And they all morph into <laughs> trout and get sucked up the straw. And Tobias yep. is just flying under the ship uncomfortably close in a way that is entirely unnatural, but he just wants to be part of it so bad and still be able to yeah. talk to them to know what's going on. Yep. Oh, so uh, eventually they kind of get got, they get trapped because there's no way out of like the pool. Yeah. That they yeah. Get Turns into. out they're just in a water chamber with no like big entrance or exit. Yeah. <laughs> And it's filling up and there won't be any air either. So cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So they're on a time limit and they basically uh, dance around it a little bit, but then say, hey, Tobias, you want to kill us? Yeah. You want to let us die? Like for the cause and whatever? Rachel doesn't say it outright, but she says, if you could destroy the ship, that would be great. There's no way we can think of to get out of this. And you're our last hope to do anything. To not get us completely taken and fucking body snatched. Tortured. Who knows? Tortured. Completely. Completely. Yeah, just, just destroy, blow up the whole ship, Tobias. With just us do on it. That's anything. fine. And he loses his fucking mind and steals a razor, a, a razor, a laser gun and is now bird with a gun. Bird holding a gun in talons. Bird, bird with gun. Bird second second it, suicide attempt this book for Tobias. Suicidal uh, bird with a gun. Yes, absolutely suicidal bird with a gun. And he just rips that shit open and goes. He just starts shooting that, that ship with the laser, like, as hard as he can, screaming, crying. And he knows that as close as he is, they don't want to damage the ship. Yeah. They don't want to risk hurting that. on that ship. And he's just like, ah, what you gonna do? Shoot the ship? I don't think so. Yeah, he 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 plants his ass right there, and everyone has there's a shitload of guns pointed at him, and he's just sitting there, bird with an old gun, with a laser mm-hmm. gun, on mm-hmm. the thing. I imagine he looks so bedraggled as a bird, like his feathers are all fucked up. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah, and he's, like kind of wet with the, the yeah. spray oh, of the yeah. lake and everything. 
He's a very oh, unhappy yeah. bird with a gun on an invisible ship. Um, and they're God. like, you can't stay there forever. And Tobias is like, Haha, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> but he does. He takes the gun. He cuts the, sh- the fucking supply ship open and it explodes. And the kids who were human, they morph to human and then morph to bird in midair as they're falling through the fucking sky. Yep. And manage to fly away into the trees as they're being chased. Yeah, and uh, this whole time, to just cap it off, to just cap off Tobias's no good, very bad life day. Mm-hmm. Um, his life, life day. Slash day. <laughs> yeah, his life day, his life day celebration. He is watching all of this go down, like, his friends are alive, and the female hawk from the beginning shows back up. And she's soaring around, and he's watching how majestic she is. She's fleeing. You know, a lot of... They know that some terrible shit has happened, and the, the natural wildlife knows. is like, bye. And yeah. she's doing the same. She knows the sky is her freedom. Yep. But they were just trying to kill a red-tailed hawk. And uh, she is hit. They they know that the red-tailed hawk was around, and so they shoot her with one of their dracon laser beams, and she falls, and he watches her, her plummet. Yeah, they, they cut off her wing with the laser uh, beam. Yeah, she's, she's one wing falling to the ground. There's no there's no recovery whatsoever. Like, of course not. And I think it's interesting because it's also like, it's Tobias's choice, right? Like, he had to leave behind that potentiality of just being yeah. a hawk, of being, of, of repressing his human self that much. It's uh, a very strong metaphor of him basically watching that freedom, mm-hmm. that that ability to flee, that open air, that that absolute freedom from responsibility, uh, that the Yurks won't let him. Yeah, it's an impossibility it's in this world. That's now. it. He's here. He's here now. He's entrenched. But that's it. And he visits. He visits Rachel after this. They all. They they're oh, free. God. But he visits Rachel, and he kind of talks about how he he acknowledges that he's never. They, they have no idea if he'll ever be the same. And he's not human, but and he's not just a bird either. He's something different. But that's okay. And uh, mm-hmm. Rachel and Cassie talk about trying to bury the female bird. Oh, God. Yeah, they do. And, and he he's says, just like, no. that's not right. That's not, that's, it's not what she would want. And it's not what I want. That's a very human thing of you to do, though. Yeah. And that distinction is like, oh, my heart. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so, like, the, the actual, the quotation, like, this bit is actually, it's so beautiful and, and heartbreaking. Because I know this seems crazy, but Cassie and I were thinking we'd try to find her body, the hawk, and, and bury her. And he goes, no, that doesn't sound crazy. Just human. And she's like, well, we are human. All of us. And he goes, you know, I knew I was when I realized that. I was sad when I had emotions. Only a human would really care that a bird had died. And she's like, then we'll find her body. And he's like, no, it'll go back to the earth. It'll be eaten by something. And that's just the way it is. And she's like, no, 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 it doesn't have to be that way. You can be, you can, it's, you're not an animal. Mm-hmm. It's a human. We can perform this human thing. And he's like, no, I am human. Sure. I can grieve, but I'm also this hawk. I am also... I am the strange in between and I am a mix of the two and I have to accept that. And I think the quote of she looked terribly sad. She's very human. My friend, Rachel just tore my heart out and stepped on it. 
Wow, yeah, I'm gonna tear up. God, Tobias. Oh, he's so, she's so human, my friend Rachel. Stop, you perfect boy. These books hit real hard for little mm-hmm. fucking 80 pound, 80 pound, 80 page, 80 yeah. page things. Like, that's child, child novels, books for children. Baby's first chapter books get into the oh psychological effects of guerrilla warfare. Yeah, and of being tra- trapped as something that's not fully And this human is book not three. Fully... <laughs> this is book three. We ain't even in it. Like, oh. we're in it so much, I cannot possibly imagine how much more in it we could get. I'm in for a goddamn ride. But <sighs> suffice it to say, this boy, favorite boy. He's favorite boy. He's such a good boy. And I I love, I just love how we get these different relationships between the kids as we switch perspectives, where Tobias has a slight camaraderie with, like, Cassie, but, like, doesn't know shit about Marco and isn't particularly interested. Like, he knows that they're not going to be close, but he does appreciate that Marco treats him the way he treats everyone else, even though that's being a little shit. Like that, yeah. it's it. Marco's Marco being a complainy little shit is like the great equalizer. They can all bitch yeah. about Marco being a bitch, you know. At least he's doing something, and he's still there. The like he, he still, he's still, he's still ride or die with the other animorphs. He's just a right. little bitch. <laughs> yeah. God, it's there's there's a lot going here, and like I I love it, I adore it, and his hero worship of Jake. Wow. Oh my Ooh. god, he's so... Jake is in his eyes like the ideal. Like yeah, he's... He's like, this is a boy with responsibilities, and he cares about his friends, and he cares about the planet, and he's doing everything, and he's so good. He's very hero-worshipy of Jake, yeah. Yeah, and, he's and like, Rachel Jake is the leader, extent. but... Yeah, yeah. Oh, he admires he admires their courage and their power and their, you know, all the things that he didn't have as a human, they had. To him, they're unwavering in their qualities. Mm-hmm. They are exactly what they are, and they will continue to be that. Yeah. And, and, oh. and oh, Tobias. And I love that. I love that. And I love that it's, it's maybe a bit unreasonable, like... The way it reflects, almost it reflects like romantically with Rachel. They have this very close bond, and that Rachel has a picture of Tobias that like he doesn't even know that she has. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, he looked at a photo of himself because he and told her like he for was a... forgetting what he looked like. Yeah, and for a second he was like, "Who's that?" And he was like, "Oh shit, that's me. That was me." And she says, it's not a good picture. You look better in person. Oh, no. <sighs> Don't God. reach. Oh, God. God. Fucking, I love these children. They're good Even kids. Even the little They're bitch. They're good kids, Oh, <laughs> God. So, yeah. okay. Well. So that's book three. That has been book three. The Encounter. Uh, we're filled yeah. with emotions and we're going to continue on next episode with Book four. What what is the title of book four again? Give me a second. Uh I I gotta get ready. We're gonna cry about whales. The message. The message. Of course it's yeah. the message. Join us next time where we cry about whales. Uh see you see you around and uh, you know, stay safe and healthy oh, these uh, days, everybody. Yeah, please stay safe and healthy healthy, uh self-isolate, wash your hands, all the good stuff. Yeah. Hey everyone! 
Thanks for joining us. We hope you had as good of a time as we did. First off, let's all thank K.A. Applegate, Michael Grant, and Scholastic Books for their extremely fun and traumatic children's series, Animorphs. You can find links to get your own copies of Animorphs in the episode footnotes. We'd also like to thank our friend Matt for making our intro and outro music. You can find him at Nice Wizard Music on Twitter. Check him out. Hit him up. Make him slap the bass. And, of course, if you'd like to send us comments and get updates on episode releases, you can follow the Lit Kid Lit Twitter at LitKidPod. Or, if you'd like to follow us individually, you can follow me, Kara, at Bishojo World, or Nika at Gossamer Owl. That's Bishojo with a U and Gossamer with two S's. You can also email us at LitKidLitPod at gmail.com. You know, it's a, it's a good classic Gmail. All right, <laughs> bye! bye. If a wolf came up to me and was like, hey, want to be a wolf right now? I'd be like, oh, one second. Let me just say bye to my cat. I don't go. Yeah, I don't go to pop culture. She doesn't go to the anime. And I go to the old 70s, 80s anime so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Once Kara said a sentence to me that consisted entirely of words and names I didn't know. And I said, excuse me. And she explained one part. And I was like, no, the whole thing, please. (laughs) That's why that's why I'm glad we get to share this communication of animorphs because now I can finally understand one thing that influences you as a person. <laughs> <laughs>